Oh me, oh my! Look at that fish! Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Josh Shrinko. And as you heard on the clip below, a little foreshadowing. I won a tournament. That's right, bitches. I won a tournament. I didn't get fourth. I didn't get third. And I didn't get second. I got first. And as you heard before, Ricky Bobby say, if you ain't first, you're last. No, for real, though, I did win the tournament. Um, I fished the second GRBY or Grassroots Bass Yak and Sugar Creek Series number two, and uh, yeah, I ended up winning. Uh, I think I've explained the format here um, to our listeners, but basically it's a five-day tournament where you pick one day of the five to fish, and you're locked into that day once you actually choose it. And um, I picked Thursday because, well, i tell you what, let's rewind a little bit. First of all, I'm going to go through this episode and kind of break down the tournament and kind of how I, um, you know, how I caught fish and, and all that stuff and prepared and hypothesized and all, all the stuff that goes into it. But first of all, I want to um, thank the guys behind the Grassroots Bass Yakin series. The tournament director for this series is Jeremiah Thompson, and uh, he... Uh, he does a great job. He, I'm sure he spends a lot of time doing it, but thank you to them and all the guys. Uh, I think Jim Strunk is kind of over grassroots in Indiana. Thanks to all those guys for putting this on, especially in um, this climate where live tournaments aren't really a thing. Uh, kind of gives us an outlet to go out and fish these. And, uh, yeah, it's been a good time since my second one fishing. And I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped about it. Also want to congratulate, um, let's see here, rounding out the top four was Jim Nevins, Brandon Tillotson, and Brian Moore, and I know at least a couple of those guys listen to our podcast, so uh, congrats to you guys if you're listening. Um, it was a very, very tough tournament, um, and I'll explain here in a sec kind of what uh, what happened and kind of how I worked through the day. But anyways, I fished, uh, as I was getting to before, I chose to fish on Thursday, and the thought was this, well, you know, Thursday, weather-wise, looked like it was going to be the most consistent, because there was a, a system coming through, and uh, I thought kind of, honestly, even before the weather, I was like, man, I'm going to really pick a day where uh, there's not going to be a lot of guys in the water, and I thought Thursday might be good, you know, it's a work day, and I know a lot of people aren't working right now. But I vastly underestimated the amount of people that could uh, fish on Thursday um, because there ended up being 22 total guys sign up for the tournament, which, you know, for those who fish Sugar Creek, that's a pretty large group of dudes. Um, and uh, 13 of them ended up fishing uh, 
on or 13 or 14 ended up fishing on Thursday. So roughly two thirds of the field fished on Thursday. And, uh, so yeah, that was kind of when I went to bed on Thursday night, I knew that was going to be the case. It was going to be crowded. So, you know, I was truly trying to think about, uh, kind of where to go and, you know, where the, the crowds would be, um, something else that comes into play on this, um, tournament series is cell phone coverage because there are lots of areas on Sugar Creek without cell phone coverage. And if you don't, you know, if you find yourself basically at the end of the tournament and in a dead spot, um, you know, you can cost yourself your results. So that was something else I had to consider, but I kind of picked a place that I thought would be a little bit off the radar. Um, that had some good water upstream. Uh, it was a little shorter stretch, but some good water upstream that I could wade and fish um, a little above the put-in in the morning. And then, uh, you know, just a nice nice stretch. Uh, I, I had gotten some intel that the fish were spawning, um, and but I hadn't, you know, personally witnessed this and really anywhere. And... Uh, so I, I, you know, I was kind of going in with the premise of, yeah, I'll probably find some on beds, and uh, it ended up ringing true, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But anyways, I found a stretch, ended up uh, being, I wasn't the lone people person who fished this stretch, but I ended up being kind of in between a couple stretches, and I had some fresh water for a lot of the day. And um, so, anyways, get on the water. Um, I got got there super early. I I over prepared for tournaments. I got there. The lines in, uh, I think it was 6:45, and I I got to my spot like 5:30, or pulled the truck up at 5:30, got everything um, loaded up or you know loaded up in the kayak, and then I I kind of paddled slash waded upstream and sat. I was ready to go at 6:45 when the you know when the time came, and um, against my better judgment, I had a top water on. And, uh, first cast caught a fish. I mean, literally the first cast, cast caught a fish. And it was, uh, um, so the tournament format's best five has to be over 12 inches. And, um, this one was, I believe, um, actually, you know, that was one of them that was probably 12 inches, but I threw it back thinking like, oh no, big deal. I'm going to catch, you know, plenty of fish over 12 inches. And, uh. Because I think I bumped it and it was like right under 12 inches, but I, you know, I could have finessed it and got it to relax a little bit. Threw it back. Um, I hooked a, a, another nicer fish. I say nicer. I would say it was, you know, at least like 14, 15 inches. Came off top water. I'm like, all right, you know, a few minutes in, I already have a couple fish um, hitting top water. This is going to be a good day. Fish are going to be aggressive. So, I fished that area upstream, you know, a little bit, probably a little longer than I should have, and then uh, didn't really have any other other strikes. So I, I floated downstream, kind of to where I put in, and started picking apart some of this area um, where I suspected that it would be some bedding activity, but it was still too low of light to really see any beds or anything. So I was just kind of fishing up by there. And, uh, you know, probably at 30 minutes into the tournament, I get smoked on a fluke, and and he choked it, she choked it, whatever, and uh, as I'm, 
you know, fighting this fish in, um, I see, uh, you know, significantly larger fish underneath of it. It's probably 18 plus. But anyways, I, I landed that fish. It ended up being 16 and a half, scored the fish, first fish on the board. And, um, you know, I stayed in that spot for probably another 15 minutes fishing for that bigger fish. And uh, couldn't get any action on it. So I threw a couple different presentations out there, nothing. So keep fishing. And uh, I missed a couple fish. I had one on that was probably 15 or so. Missed that fish. Um, and then kind of what I went on to what I would describe as a massive dry spell. Um, you know, I think it was, you know, other than maybe a couple short fish. And when I say short fish, I mean like. 10 inches, you know, like really short fish. I went, you know, uh, three hours or so really without catching anything. And, uh, you know, when you go that long without catching a fish or even really getting a bite, cause I did, I did have some bites, but just nothing big, nothing aggressive. I had some fish pulling at the tail. It was real discouraging. And, uh, um, you know, I was sticking with the fluke cause I know, I, I know I can catch fish on a fluke, especially this time of year, and I kind of stuck with it, and uh, the only problem with the fluke, I will say this, is um, the if, if the fish aren't being super aggressive on it, the hookup ratio can be low, and, and uh, it, it does a great job of, of retaining a fish once you hook them well, but you know, the fish, aren't, they're not going to shake it very often, just the dynamics. And those who don't know, I fish a fluke with a nose hook. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's a finesse hook. So think of like a hook you would use on a wacky rig, except I hook through the front of the nose of the fluke. So anyways, um, I was starting to get in my head. It's like, well, you know, if I do get a fish to hit, like, you know, I'm going to end up, you know, losing it. So I ended up switching to a few different presentations, uh, Threw some top water for a little bit, um, and then I threw. Um, let's see, or what else did I throw? Uh, crankbait. I did. I think I did catch one other one on top water, short fish. But anyways, I I was starting to kind of just get frustrated. You know, you get in that, that funk where it's like, man, I got one fish on the board, um, and I was just like getting really frustrated. I mean, I I can count on one hand the days on Sugar Creek where I just have not caught five decent fish, you know, and as the hours started ticking away, lines out was 245, you know, it started to get to 10 and 11, 1130. And I still only had one fish on the board and I was like, my God, I'm going to throw up a clunker in this one. And I, at this point I didn't, hadn't even looked at the leaderboard. I had no idea how anybody else was doing. I just knew I needed to get five fish. So, my only saving grace is I, I there was a there's a creek a fairly large creek that comes in about three fourths of the way down the stretch that I was fishing and typically even in the summertime you can at least tag a couple fish couple decent fish in that flow um, because it definitely pushes a bunch of forage out of that creek mouth so. I was kind of counting like, hey, if I can get three on the board, I can, I, I think I can catch two. So I continued to fish, and then probably around, I would say, noon or so, I uh, 
I, I finally connected with a, um, a 13 and a half, which God, 13 and a half is usually like, you don't even think about it and you throw them back, but I was pretty excited. I was like, Oh, finally get my second fish. You know, I've been fishing for four or five hours at this point. And, uh, so I got it on the board and then I ha- caught another short fish right after that. And I was kind of like, okay, this is, you know, something's happening here. The fish are responding differently. Um, and I actually think I caught two short fish. And then as I was releasing one of the shorter fish, I noticed a really nice fish. And, you know, I would say minimum of 17, you know, maybe, maybe over 18 swim kind of just cruising right in front of my boat. And I was like, huh, that's really weird that it wasn't like, you could tell I didn't spook it. It just was kind of cruising. And I saw where it came from. So I paddled up there and lo and behold, there was a nice cleared out bed up by the bank. And it was in a, a prime spot that would be like bedding, you know, spawning bank. You know, I I use that term uh, spawning bank, and I'll describe to you what I did, you know, think is a spawning bank, at least on the rivers I fish. So you're looking for decent depth, but not too deep. So you want like three to four feet. You want some smaller gravel. It could be, look kind of muddy, but if you look closely and there's, you know, some gravel underneath the mud, those females will clear out that mud and and kind of that's how you can see a bed a lot of times you'll see kind of that muddy dirty stuff and you'll see those other rocks kind of turned over and this was like clear as day like it was a bed for sure so I was like all right so I backed off of it and kind of washed that bed for a few minutes and that fish never came back but I was like look down the bank and uh I had at least two or three hundred yards of good spawning bank ahead of me and I'm like all right you know, I gotta gotta focus here. Gotta try and stand up and see some fish. And um, so I, I kept, you know, going down the bank. Um, and I came to this spot where spawning bank actually it was like the perfect spawning bank. It had like little protrusions out of the bank, so it's like a little point maybe that stuck out, you know, three or four feet off the bank, and then it went back and it created a current break. And that's if you have the right depth, the right substrate, and those little current breaks, like that's like prime time bedding areas. So, the, and this is probably the last like hundred yards of that bank. So I was like, all right, you know, I, I really think I can catch some fish here. And it wasn't about two or three casts later into that first little cove area. As soon as my fluke hit the water, I mean, it was like, boom! Uh, just I had. I could tell it was a big fish right away because I saw, you know, the whole fish and smoked it. And, um, you know, of course I was pretty nervous, but, you know, I was throwing my fluke rods a seven foot medium light. So it's always a little tenuous when you get a nice fish on with those, you know, I was letting it pull some drag and get it up and, uh, you know, got a, got a 19 incher. So third fish of the day. So I got a 16 and a half, a 19 and a 13 and a half on the board. Nothing you know, crazy, but it's like, hey, okay, I'm heading in the right direction, you know, by this point, it's probably 1230, and uh, so I'm like, all right, this is good, all I need is two more fish, fish the rest of that bank, and I actually had two other really nice fish follow my fluke about halfway to the boat, 
they just wouldn't commit. I mean, I let the fluke die as soon as I shot all the fish. And, you know, I can talk a little bit about kind of what my observations were, but I wasn't able to identify those bedding fish for a couple reasons before I threw at them. Um, one, it was really clear out. So I wasn't willing to get close enough to bank the bank where I could really see what was going on. I was having to back way off and make long casts because I felt like when I get up close, those fish would just leave their beds. Um, the second thing is when the fish kind of started cooperating, it started to cloud up a little bit. There was a front moving through that day, and uh, I, I, I couldn't see quite as well. When the sun was like at its peak, you could see really well, but when those clouds had come over, it kind of you know murkied up a little bit from a visibility standpoint, but Either way, uh, you know, down, there were two two more really nice bedding fish that I, you know, just couldn't couldn't connect with, and kind of what I think was going on is just you were having to put it like right on their head to get them to commit, and um, if you didn't, they would just kind of investigate and go, you know, swim away. So just whatever the prerogative of the fish that day, it's just what they were doing. So, anyways, I'm like, okay, at this point, I'm getting close enough to that creek inlet then i'm like yeah i need to just get there because the the water between that spawning bank and the creek bank there just wasn't really that anything really great in between there so you know it's 12 45 at this point and i'm like all right you know i just need to get there it took me about 10 minutes or so to get this so i get to this creek at like one o'clock so we got an hour and 45 minutes left i uh decided to switch presentations because the water coming out of this creek it's not flowing real hard right now because the creek's kind of low but um i I threw in a crankbait because i'm like i can rip that crankbait through perpendicular to that creek throw it out there rip it first cast boom i get smoked get the fish in and i'm like all right this is close to 12 inches get it up sure enough it's like 12 and a quarter something like just barely over 12 but you know it's for my fourth fish i'm like all right I can deal with this, um, and I, I was being really calm, I took my time, took in the, taking the picture of the fish, made sure I got all the length I could get out of it, put it back, and I'm like, okay, first cast, I got a fish, like, surely, you know, I'm gonna catch, you know, two or three more here, and, uh, by God, I continued to fish that creek for another 30 minutes, and I, I just, I, I couldn't get another fish, I mean, I, I didn't even get another hit, I threw the crankbait, I threw a Ned rig, I threw the fluke a little bit, just nothing. And I kind of was in a spot where it's like, okay, I have four fish now, I have to get a fifth. If I don't get a fifth, you know, I'm not going to do anything in this tournament. My one inclination was I could go up this creek. And I don't know that I've ever gone up that particular creek, but it's big enough to where there could have been some fish run up there and spawn. And I was like, okay, do I go up this creek and check this out or do I continue fishing the rest of this stretch I'm on? And, and at this point, I had I spent probably 45 minutes fishing this creek, half an hour, 45 minutes. It was basically like an hour left in the tournament. And uh, I knew there were some good spots coming you know, between here and the end. Um, but I wasn't hundred percent sure if I could find another spawning bank, which is what I needed. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to hop in the kayak and I'm going to go fish the rest of the stretch. And, um, 
I paddled down. I actually, first decent looking spot, I caught a short fish. It was like 11, 11 and a half. And, um, you know, went down. The creek kind of does a little jog. And at the jog, there's a root wad. And then um, the current kind of flows around the root wad. And there was a little flat on the other side. And I really couldn't tell how deep it was. It wasn't where I, it definitely wasn't like, ooh, this is a spawning site. But it's like, there could be one spawning there, and uh, I ripped a cast, that fluke, I, I threw it up on the bank and just dragged it down into that small, because it was a pretty small area, I would say only, you know, three or four feet long, and a couple feet wide, and man, as soon as that thing got over the center of that spot, dude, I just got smoked, and uh, I knew it was a decent one, um, knew it was a decent fish right away, and uh so my heart's beating, I get the fish in and, you know, get it up and, and I got a 16 on the board. So there's my five fish and I kind of breathed easy. So I'm like, finally I got my fifth fish, you know, I still had, you know, 50 minutes or so left in the tournament and I was like, okay, I really just need to go find some spawning banks to try and upgrade. Paddled down a little bit, found another, what I thought looked like a decent spawning bank. First cast, boom, I get smoked and, uh... That guy, I think it was 14 and three quarter. And uh, it wasn't a very big spawning area. It was very small. So there really wasn't much opportunity other than that fish to uh, catch something. So, but, you know, I got a decent one on the board. So I uh, decided to uh, paddle a little bit further down. And time just started to run out. And to be honest with you, I get down to this what would have been a fantastic spawning bank and I have no doubt I would have caught two or three more really nice fish had I had time but I didn't and I ended up running out of time I think I did catch a couple smaller fish um before that but um anyways ended up with um you know I I really I only landed six keepers that I had measured on the day I did have one other one that I threw back in the morning like I said so at the most seven keepers uh, all day, which is crazy on Sugar Creek, like just insane. What that's how it's been this year. It's been tough, and I don't know what's causing it to be so tough. I mean, I speculating that the low clear water, unusually low clear water in the springtime, is just screwing it up. Um, but regardless, I I got my five fish, and you know I I really you know I so the end of the term is at two forty five, but you have an hour to to upload your fish so I didn't do any uploading until then I, I didn't know how any, anybody else did so I went and uploaded my fish right you know when the time ran out I just did it right in the middle of the river and uh you know I, w- I was sitting in first place I think I had um actually I'll look here I posted it I had let's see here 79.75 inches total uh, with my biggest being uh that 16 or that 19 um, so anyways, it was a tough day. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was looking at other people's scores and I was like, man, you know, who knows if somebody that's going to hold up, especially as the first day of the tournament. I did know some weather was coming in, you know, the next day as a front that moved through. So I thought at least, you know, over the weekend, I'd probably be safe because it's supposed to be real shitty weather the next couple of days. And, uh, so yeah, that was my tournament experience. Uh, I, um, 
you know, didn't exactly slam, but I just grinded it out, you know. I mean, we're talking 12. One, this is one thing I've learned about tournaments is uh, usually if you're having trouble, everybody else is having trouble. So if you can keep your head in the game and you can concentrate and you can at least make some observations about what the fish are doing and adjust and just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Most of the time, you're going to get a couple of fish to cooperate, and that's what you need. Um, and I've had have had other tournaments where it's just like I'm killing them all day, um, but most of the time it's usually like that, or you just haven't, you know, you just. Anyways, my point is, you just got to get grinded out. Like you got to keep the lure in the water, keep making high percentage casts, um, you know, keep really trying to adjust. And I say adjust in the way that, um. You know, for I guess my I, I had to adjust how I was throwing my fluke. I will tell you that there's a lot of guys out there that are habitual lure changers that'll just like if they're not getting a consistent bite, they'll just swap out for something else, swap out for something else, swap out for something else. And what um, you know, I tend to do instead of that is I tend to just try to slow up or change up my retrieve on what I'm throwing. Um. And that's, that's really what happened. You know, those fish were not chasing the fluke per se. Um, the ones I caught earlier in the day were, were kind of wanting on the fall. But most importantly, I just learned that like, hey, these fish are bedding and I, I got to put it right on their heads. And that's what I, you know, really tried to do. Um, and, and it worked. Um, and I was, I, you know, I was really searching out those spawning banks. Like I paddled through probably a mile of water not even throwing a cast because I was really looking for spawning banks. And, uh, that was, you know, I think what helped me out. Um, and I, you know, I didn't crack that code till 1230 or so, but you know, once I did it, I figured it out. So anyways, that, that's kind of my tournament experience. I really had a good time. You know, tournaments are one of those things that it creates an element of stress and anticipation, anxious, anxiousness, uh, when you're fishing, but it brings out the best in you. You know, I fish harder during a tournament. I went all day without drinking a single drop of anything or eating, you know, a single morsel of anything because I was just so focused on catching fish. And honestly, that, you know, tournament was what, like eight hours long. And man, that seemed like it went by in like 45 minutes. Like it was, you know, I kept looking at my watch because I was like, man, I need to catch fish. It's like every time I looked down, another hour had passed. It was just, you know, crazy crazy like you know time warp whatever you want to call it just like when you're focused like that it just you know goes by real fast but anyways I had a great time it's, you know definitely wore me out um but yeah it was a good time like I said you know that if you haven't checked out grassroots bass yak and it's a cool tournament series cool format uh, you kind of pick when you want to fish um but uh yeah, I got so this is this is gonna be what I'll call my tournament diary series. Um, you know, I tend to do this anyway, so I'll just kind of create a little theme to them, give you guys a recap, of, you know, what I did. But yeah, I broke the curse, got got that second place curse out of the way, so it feels pretty damn good, I have to say. Um, but you guys all know, anybody that's listening to this podcast, and know what my real monkey on my back is is that damn white river tournament and uh you better bet your ass i'm gonna be fishing 
as much as I can leading up to that tournament. I think it's in August uh, to really try to to bring a win home because that one has been a thorn in my side um, in a good way, you know, really enjoyable. But man, I'm just I really want to win it. So, so anyways, that's uh, that's all I got. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we're gonna we got a Memorial Day trip coming up here in about um, well in about a week a week from tomorrow. So we'll definitely get Chris on the horn and do a little planning slash preview session for our trip up to Minnesota, the upper Mississippi river. And I'll let you guys know what we're playing on. We got a, we got a really solid group of dudes going. I got a real, real solid mustache going right now. Cause we all have to grow out mustaches and uh, I'm sure you'll be seeing that plenty in our social media here coming up. But Anyways, like I said, thanks for listening, and uh, as always, free the fighter, baby.